0: Hello everybody, I'm Tyler Smith, and this is another More Than One Lesson mini-sode. I, it's been a while since I recorded one, uh, so sorry about that. I'm sure people were just clamoring for another one of these. Uh, and so, <clears throat> uh, for anybody who, who listens to the show regularly, you know that uh, the most recent episode was about uh, The Beaver, which was directed by Jody Foster and stars Mel Gibson, uh, as we mentioned on that episode, for those that didn't uh, listen to it, the movie is not. It was considered a flop. Uh, not many people saw it. Uh, and there were various theories as to why that was. Uh, and my guess is it's probably a combination of all of them. I would say the title, because not many people want to say, One for the Beaver, please. It just sounds wrong. Uh, so there's that. And then. Uh, The other is The Premise, which is it's about an executive who uh, is dealing with depression and mental illness and finds some sort of release in uh, speaking through a puppet uh, of a beaver. And I think some people might have thought that was a little silly and fair enough. Uh, But I think what is most likely is the... The fact that Mel Gibson was in it And he is not a uh, Not a liked figure right now um, And I'd say Rightfully so Um, And so it was a huge failure It's entirely possible that if a different Actor were in that role That uh, The film could have been a success I mean I guess again it still has That title and that premise I don't know if any If any They could have put George Clooney in there and I just I don't know If it would have done incredibly well But um, as evidenced by uh, the film The Men Who Stare at Goats, not a great title and probably not the best premise if you go by the title, and uh, Clooney was in that, and it did not do very well. Uh, But I wanted to talk about Mel Gibson uh, for a minute, and I wanted to start with him and then move on to something larger, because uh, there's something that's been kind of sort of bothering me for the last however many months. Um... So on my other show Battleship Pretension David and I did an artist profile of Mel Gibson as a director uh and feel free to go and listen to it I'm I'm actually rather proud of that episode and so in discussing Mel Gibson we David and I were both a little not necessarily dismissive but we we're judgmental and the way in which we spoke about Mel Gibson implied a, a certain degree of superiority that we felt towards him. Uh, and then I don't know if you've seen this. I will I'll try to link to it uh, in the blog post for this uh, minisode. Um, recently, Robert Downey Jr. was given a like Lifetime Achievement Award. I don't remember who from, but he was asked, "Who would you like to present?" Your lifetime achievement award, and he said Mel Gibson, who they acted together in a film called Air America, and they had been friends since then. And so Robert Downey Jr. went up, and after after Mel Gibson said you know some nice things about him, and then you know ducked off to the side. Robert Downey Jr. went up and actually said some pretty nice things about Mel Gibson, specifically that when Robert Downey Jr. has a history of drug addiction, when he was sort of a pariah in the Hollywood industry, uh, Mel Gibson was the only person that would give him work and the only person who really sort of stuck by him. And that uh, Robert Downey Jr. also recounted some of the advice that uh, Mel Gibson had given to him, uh, specifically the idea of hugging the cactus, which is embracing the things that you have done wrong, taking responsibility for them, taking the consequences for them. Uh, And then in doing so, also apologizing for them. And just when you do that, you achieve a certain degree of humility and you recognize that you're really not that much better than anybody else. Uh, And then so uh, Robert Downey Jr. then went on to explain that uh, that's why he wanted Mel Gibson to present for him, because he wanted to he wanted to make a plea for uh, Hollywood's forgiveness of Mel Gibson and to let him get back to work and all that sort of thing. So it actually, for myself, I, I don't, I've seen Robert Downey Jr. in interviews and that sort of thing. And he, I think he's a great actor. Um, (laughs) but he always seemed like kind of a, sort of a pompous type. Uh, and that's, this isn't to say that he isn't, and maybe he, maybe he absolutely isn't, who knows. But, um, in that moment, uh, there was a lot of humanity in what he was saying, And I just really liked it and really appreciated it. And the crowd seemed to appreciate it as well. Uh, It's a very, it's actually a pretty touching video. And if you see Mel Gibson, I mean, he certainly did not expect this to happen. And he is, you know, crying. And you can tell he feels very just overwhelmed because, I mean, he had to know that in that room, he is, he was not very well loved. And then people were actually applauding for him, not necessarily for him, but for the idea of, of forgiveness, and I think for Robert Downey Jr.'s willingness to be a friend to him. So, uh, for those that don't know, Mel Gibson in the last few years has done some pretty horrible things. Uh, some of the, some of it is stuff that he said, and some of it is stuff that he did, uh, and is or is accused of doing, or whatever you want to say. Uh, he has said, you know very horrible anti-Semitic remarks. He's made a lot of racial comments that are very, I won't even say insensitive. They're wrong. They're terrible. They're really awful things, what he has said. Um, I don't want to downplay what he has done. Uh, And then he also is verbally abusive to his girlfriend and uh, I think physically abusive. I'm not sure to what extent, but either way, uh, it's uh, horribly wrong to do that. And so, I mean, you know, the, frankly, it's it's not a total equivalency. You know, Robert Downey Jr., I mean, he abused drugs, and that, that can be a pretty rough thing. And uh, But he sort of in, inflicted hell on himself in doing so. Whereas, you know, Mel Gibson said some really bad things and probably uh, some very hurtful things, and in some cases was physically hurtful to somebody that he claimed to care about. Um and so that's what he has done. And it's pretty awful. And uh, it's pretty, I mean, I'll use the word despicable, the some of the stuff that he has done and said. And so I don't, in what I'm about to say, I don't want to make it sound as though I'm giving him a pass. Far from it. But it is interesting. I looked at uh, some of the comments for that people had, had written in, regarding Robert Downey Jr.'s statement. I'll read a couple of them here. Uh, I don't think so, Robert Downey Jr. That's the problem these days. We don't hold people accountable for disdainful behavior. The public forgiving Mel Gibson for his obvious issues will not change what he truly believes. He hates Jews and everybody else. He will never get my support, and and I may have to cancel you too, Mr. Downey Jr., for supporting this racist. Okay, so that's one. Here's another one. I'm not forgiving Mel Gibson and I won't be watching any more damn Iron Man movies. Either Robert uh there's some punctuation issues. I won't be watching any more damn Iron Man movies either Robert Downey Jr. Both you clowns go to hell. So and and it goes on like that. There's there's plenty of comments like that. Um and yeah, pretty rough language, but again, I'd say pretty understandable given uh the stuff that uh, Mel Gibson has said. But it did get me thinking about about Christianity, of course, and about the notion of forgiveness uh, in a larger context. And and I said that I think I said this way back in like episode five or six. I don't totally remember, uh, in which I talked about the reader, and then I went on to talk about the film *Judgment at Nuremberg*, which is a, a film I absolutely love, uh, and this idea of the phrase, you know, there but for the grace of God, go I. Um, this idea of of recognizing your own flaws and your own frailty. Um, and that often we don't do that. We often look at what somebody has done and we say, that is really terrible. And we condemn them. We certainly don't forgive them, even if we're, whether we're asked to or not, we don't act as though... We forgive them and we just distance ourselves and tell ourselves that we could never do that, whatever it may be. Um, You know, I mentioned judgment at Nuremberg and I mean, you know, it's Nazi atrocities. I mean, that's the worst humanity has to offer. Um, And we tell ourselves, well, we could never do that. And we can. We absolutely can. My guess is the people, the people who do commit atrocities, or, or, people who do anything wrong. It could be the stuff that Mel Gibson has done, like the hateful things that he said, um, or the you know the abuse of his girlfriend. Um, it could be anything. My guess is anybody who does this stuff has at some point said or thought. I could never do this. Not merely I won't, but I can't. I can never do something like that. It's not in me. That's basically what that phrase says, is it's not in me to do this. Um, And so I do want to emphasize that, yes, we absolutely can do that. Anything is within us. Um, There's a line from Chinatown uh, that I didn't write down, so I'm going to have to paraphrase it, in which a man who... Uh, Spoilers for Chinatown, I guess. A man who has raped and impregnated his own daughter uh, says, he goes, most people never have to face the fact that in the right circumstances they are capable of anything. And I think that's actually kind of true. Now, the man uses it to sort of justify his own actions and excuse them, and that is not at all what I'm trying to say. Um, But... I do want to uh, read some quotes out of the Bible here. Um, Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Okay. I'm sure many of us are, are familiar with uh, with that passage uh, to a certain extent. Um, I will read Romans three twenty three and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by using his grace... Uh, I'm sorry, not by using, that's weird, are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So these, these verses illustrate this idea that certainly none of us are perfect, but it goes beyond that. It's that our natural tendency is to look at other people and say we're better than they are, but we aren't. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, we all have specks and planks in our eyes. And, you know, in the passage, it doesn't say that your brother doesn't have the speck in his eye. He absolutely does. But in focusing on that, you're failing, you know, you you can often fail to see what you have done. And again, I'm not saying that the outward things that we have done are as bad as what Mel Gibson did. Um you know, many of us go go through our whole lives without specifically saying or doing some of the things that he has done. And that's to our credit, but only to a certain extent, because the Bible also focuses on the inner life. It talks about, you know, if you hate somebody, it's like you're murdering them. If you lust after somebody, it's like you've committed the act. I mean, it's very like there really is a focus on what you think, how you feel and how you even to yourself approach other people. Um, and so the question becomes, have you ever thought something about your girlfriend or boyfriend or husband and wife, like something awful? Have you ever wished that you could just, you know, punch somebody in the face, you know, uh, in line at the post office or something? Um, you know what what is the stuff that you scream to people in traffic have you ever taken notice of somebody's race even if you don't say it and even if you condemn yourself for noticing that and noticing that maybe this person has fulfilled a stereotype the fact that it's there the fact that you noticed it like that's that's part of who you are and i don't mean and and it's it's commendable that you don't say it but that doesn't mean that the instinct isn't there and that i think is my big problem with people's reaction to Mel Gibson, but also just in general, the larger thing, people's reaction to each other uh, when they have been personally wronged or just somebody has done wrong, is the attitude of well I I can sit safely back and say that I could never do that, but in the right circumstances you can, and chances are you've thought about that exact thing. It's possible you haven't, but if you haven't thought about that, you've probably thought about something else, and and that's the thing is that I've said I think I've said this on the on the show before. Uh, Christianity is very hard. Now, every religion is hard. Life is hard. I get that, um, but there really is something of a tightrope that we are expected to walk in Christianity. Now, of course, we often don't. We often uh, make terrible mistakes and then we need to be forgiven for those uh but you know we are we are asked not merely to not do the wrong thing but we are asked to do the right thing we are asked to love people in spite of what they've done to us in spite of what they've done to other people and we are expected to understand that god loves them as well when they do something wrong certainly we can we can hate what they've done uh, and I'm sure at some point we probably hate them but I think the the attitude we should have is while certainly condemning what they have done having approaching them from the same point of view that that Christ did, which is your heart breaks for them you see what they've done and you think that is horrible what must have happened in their in their life to cause them to get there and maybe it was nothing tangible but how how could they have gotten to the point where they did this where they said this Um, and that's not to say that they're a victim they're certainly not but they are human just as much as their victims are human, and by all means have have plenty of sympathy for the victims, do for the actual victims, and do everything you can to help them and help them through what what has happened to them. But you know, I, I say this as somebody who I said this in my testimony episode that back in high school I treated people pretty poorly. Now, I I would say that I was a bully, and. I say that with certainly no pride, and I say it actually with a great deal of shame now. Um, I know why I did it. I did it because I really did not like myself and wanted to try to feel better about myself by making other people feel worse. I realize that's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. Um, you know, and it's interesting like to, to read about high school bullies now, and they are so vilified, they are so hated, and... Again, what they do is awful. It is despicable. What I did was despicable. But there is something underneath that not even necessarily that it, certainly not that it excuses it, but maybe that is, makes us better able to understand what they've done. And in trying to understand them, maybe we do a better job of, not, of avoiding that sort of thing ourselves. Rather than just say, these people are terrible and should be condemned. The end. Um, And so when I say that that's a hard part of Christianity, I mean it. I mean, you know, we are not immune to being victimized by people. And when we are, we are expected to, to love them. We are expected to say, as Christ did, you know, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine, like if somebody were to, to kill my wife, either by accident, like through a, you know a drunk driver, or on purpose, like a mugging or something like that. I mean, that to me is the most extreme version. Like if, if my wife were to literally be dead as a function of somebody else, I can't imagine ever getting to a point where I forgive them. But I, I am expected to. And I think it's the kind of thing that if that were to happen, I would need to go to God on a regular basis and ask for the strength to forgive that person. And that doesn't mean excuse what they did. It just means refusing to hate them, refusing to dismiss them as a person and act as though they are subhuman and that they are unworthy of redemption and that they are beyond redemption. Um... And I do want to uh, read another. This is kind of an extended passage. This is John 8, uh, 2 through 11. Uh, This is a story about Jesus. Uh, At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning them, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stopped down. Uh, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So, I love that story. It's been told many times. Um, and the idea of those who are without without sin cast the first stone. Um, that, that phrase is thrown around a lot. Um, and that's probably for the best. It's a good attitude to have. Um, but... What I, What is interesting is it shows such an understanding of humanity because it says they went away one at a time, the older ones first. And I think the older you get, the more you, the, you know, the obviously the longer you've lived, which means you've made a lot of mistakes. And chances are you know about them. And so when he says, if you're perfect, then by by, by all means go ahead. And the older people who have a lifetime of sin and mistakes and wrongdoing and hurt. Um, they're the first ones to be like, okay, that's not me. So I'm leaving. Uh, but eventually everybody leaves because they recognize the things they have done. It might not be the same thing that this woman has done, but it's something because, because Jesus doesn't say, you know, those who have not committed adultery cast the first stone. He says, those who are without sin, because all sins are equal. Um, in a spiritual sense, of course, uh, on earth, they all have very different consequences. So so I wanted to emphasize that aspect of it, that he appeals in, in the notion of forgiveness and the no, notion of not condemning someone, he appeals to the idea of, you're no better. But then at the same time, and this goes back to what I was saying, forgiveness doesn't mean excusing somebody. It doesn't mean that they have no consequences. You know, Mel Gibson, like I said, he's done some pretty awful things. And if somebody doesn't want... And if his movies bomb because the public says, we don't like this man and we do not want to support him, so be it. I'm not saying you should go out, you should run out and see his movies because you're no better than he is. That's not what I'm saying. There are earthly consequences and he needs to pay them. Um, If it meant he went to jail then fair enough. That's what needs to happen. But once, I think once we start condemning other people, even if we don't say it, once we start thinking in those terms, I think we start to condemn ourselves because I think we start to lose perspective on who we are and what we've done. And as Christians, we lose perspective on God's grace and the fact that it covers everybody, regardless of what they've done. Uh, and so I actually do want to end with a uh, quote from the film Magnolia. It is the, I believe it's really like the last big line of the film, but it is, it is a monologue. Um, uh, a police officer, played by John C. Riley, says, A lot of people think this is just a job that you go to. Take a lunch hour, job's over, something like that. But it's a 24-hour deal. No two ways about it. And what most people don't see is just how hard it is to do the right thing. People think if I make a judgment call, that's a judgment on them, but that is not what I do. And that's not what should be done. I have to take everything and play it play it as it lays. Some people sometimes people need a uh, need a little help. Sometimes people need to be forgiven, and sometimes they need to go to jail. And that is a very tricky thing on my part making that call. I mean, the law is the law, and heck if I'm going to break it. You can can you can forgive someone, well that's the tough part what can we forgive? Tough part of the job, tough part of walking down the street. And that's the thing is forgiveness is incredibly difficult. Um, because we tend to, we tend to think, and I I know I'm repeating myself, we tend to think that to forgive is to excuse. And that is not this, that's not the case. We can condemn a person's actions right and left And if the and if the person is, you know, unrepentant about it, then it makes it much easier to condemn them and you can then condemn their attitude. But everybody can be forgiven. We are expected to forgive other people and not judge other people because we are no better than they are. We have all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. But grace has extended. uh, God has extended his grace to everyone. And so if God's grace is extended to somebody like a Mel Gibson then I the part of me feels like we can actually take comfort in knowing that it can that it's extended to us as well. And so that was just something that I was thinking about um I, I if you've been if you're offended by what I said and and that you think that that I am giving Mel Gibson a pass. Uh, I hope I did not communicate that cause that is not at all what I'm trying to say. But, um, by all means, uh, send me an email, Tyler at more than one Uh, if you are not interested in spoilers and you haven't seen the beaver, uh, you can go back and listen to that episode. Uh, the upcoming episode, which will be posted in just about four or five days, will be about the film tree of life. Uh, the Terrence Malick film and, uh, josh and i have uh it's already recorded i just need to post it um we say some what i hope are some pretty interesting things and i think uh christians and non-christians can get a lot out of that movie so if you haven't seen it yet give it a watch and then listen to that episode and yeah thanks everybody for listening and i'll get you next time bye